I am really thankful to, to be with you tonight. Thank you for coming to RUF. My, my name is Louis Lovett. If you haven't met me yet, uh, I would love to meet you. I'm the campus minister here. Um, and we are in a series on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we are looking at these famous words from Jesus himself from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, uh, where Jesus teaches us how to pray, where um, this sacred thing happens, where the, the prayer of Jesus, the words to the Father from the Son are given to us and shared with us. We're invited into this secret that Jesus has with the Father. Uh, and we're doing this because we want to, we want to know him more. Uh, we want to experience intimacy with God more. And so we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. And um, we've talked about, last week, this father-child relationship, God, our Father in heaven. And tonight we're looking at the next line, hallowed be thy name. So I'm going to read from Matthew 6, this passage of the Lord's Prayer, and then we'll jump in. <clears throat> Jesus said, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is God's word. It's absolutely true. And he gives it to you because he loves you. Let me pray. Father in heaven, uh, we do pray that you would be with us now as we look to your word. Jesus, I pray that you would, you would teach us to pray. And, and I pray that in the words that I say right now, and the ways that we hear them, that your name would be made great. Uh, Spirit, please be at work in and through your word right now, so that we might know you and love you more and love one another. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Probably the most uh, ominous fictional character of the last 50 years is the, the villain from the Harry Potter series. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Harry Potter series, get familiar <laughs> with the Harry Potter series. But, but uh, in, in, um, in Harry Potter, this villain, uh, no one says his name. His name is way too powerful, way too intense, way too scary. So they say, uh, he who shall not be, na be named, right? Or you know who. They never say his name. And even the people who are on the side of this villain, they don't say his name. You don't just walk up to he who shall not be named and say, hey, Voldemort, what's going on? Because it's not just a name for him. That name is an expression, and it's a, a symbol of how much power he has and of how strong he has, of uh, how strong he is, and, and of how afraid of him you should be. Okay? Now, I am going to be really careful here because you're not allowed to go and say, hey, the chemist minister said that Jesus is like Voldemort. That's not, <laughs> not what I'm saying. Okay? This, is a, this is sort of a negative example. It is the polar opposite of what Jesus is. But there is something in this, uh, in this idea of he who shall not be named where he's so, uh, he's so unapproachable, there's no one else like him. And so his name takes on this power uh, of its own. And, and as we look to the way that Jesus considers in this prayer the name of God, you see in a good and beautiful and, and uh, honoring way, this kind of reverence for the name of God, this name that is so high, that is so great, that it's not just a name, that it is actually an expression and a symbol of who God is and what he is about. The power and the majesty of God who is our Heavenly Father. Jesus says, pray like this to God, our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. And so I, I want to ask some questions of this, of this prayer tonight. Just two questions. First is, what is God's name? And the second is, how do we keep it hallowed? How do we honor it? What is God's name and how do we honor it? That's all we're doing tonight, okay? So first, what is, what is God's name? Uh, you know, God is introduced in the very first sentence of the Bible. In the first book, Genesis, the first chapter one, the first verse one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we get an introduction to God uh, really soon. But it, as you're reading through, you realize that uh, what that God is and who that God is is something that it takes the whole story to really understand. And, and so we want to we look at this God and, and, and understand who he is. And, and we talked last week about how uh, in, our, in our conversation about our Father in heaven, that it's actually in Exodus that this father-child relationship with God is first introduced. When, when God said, Israel is my firstborn child, right? That's my son and I'm their father. And, it, and we're going to look back in Exodus because it's in Exodus, the second book of the Bible, that the name of God is, is first introduced. And, and there's this uh, wild scene you may be familiar with where Moses is walking uh, and he comes across this burning bush, this bush that's on fire and yet it's not being burned, it's not being consumed, and he has this conversation with God. And it's where God is giving him instruction about what he's going to do and that Moses is going to go to Pharaoh and he's going to go to God's people and lead them out. And Moses has this kind of weird conversation with God where he's asking all these questions. And one of the things he says is, you know, when I go to the people and I tell them, you know, the God of your fathers sent me and they ask me, what is his name? What should I say? What should I say when they ask me what your name is? And here's what God says. This is Exodus 3.13, Moses asked God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people, I am has sent me to you. Now, if you're reading through your Bible in English, and I, I would imagine if you're Moses, this is probably not what you were expecting God to say. Right? I am who I am. Right? What, does that, what does that even mean? Uh, I think this is actually a really beautiful way for God to, to express himself. Because I think that fundamentally, just from the most literal sense, God is saying, I am. I am the one who is. I am the one who is there. I am the one who is real. And if you read through this, the story of Exodus, one of the plot lines of this is that Pharaoh and his magicians are trying to conjure up power in the name of their gods, who they think are real. And what becomes very clear is that there is one God who is real, one God who has power, one God who is saving people, one God who is taking action in the world. And I find this to be pretty challenging at times, right? It's easy to consider the idea of God, but sometimes it's hard to believe that he is really there. You ever struggle with that? God's self-disclosure is that he is the one who is. Who is there? Who is real? And in fact, he's actually the most real thing that there is. He's actually more here than you are here. Because everything that is comes from him, flows from him. It's derivative of what he is, of his reality, of his substantialness, of his solidity even though you can't see him. He's the God who is. And the context of this name, this I am who I am, is it's also a part of 
the revelation. And so what, what God is doing is he's showing up and he's giving his name. What's he doing? He's not just handshaking. He's not just introducing himself. He's setting in motion the salvation of his people. God is revealing his name in order that these people might know who it is that is saving them. Who it is that has rescued them out of this harsh oppression and slavery. Who it is that's bringing to this promised land. Who it is that's going to be with them. Who it is that's going to be for them. So God isn't just the God who is. He's the God who is for his people. He's the God who loves his people. He's the God who saves his people. That's the name of God. I am who I am. The God who is and who is for his people in love. That's the name of God. And, and uh, you know, this phrase, I am who I am, it doesn't appear anymore in your Bible. The, the transliteration of this, of this Hebrew phrase, if you were to, to just pronounce it in Hebrew, you get a word that sounds like Yahweh, which you may have heard. Uh, and other times people have used, uh, tried, tried to translate, literate by using the word Jehovah. You ever heard Yahweh or Jehovah? This is a way of trying to articulate and express the name of God. And if you look through a Bible in the original language, this name is everywhere. And in your Bible, you never see it. What you see instead is the word Lord in all caps. You ever come across a Bible that says Lord, but it's all capitalized? You wonder why that is? That's not the word Lord. That's I am who I am. That's Yahweh. So later on, when you see, and the Lord said to Moses, it's not just the Lord saying to Moses, it's Yahweh. It's the one who is and who is for his people in love and salvation. That's the name of God. That's who is talking to Moses. That's who is rescuing his people. That's who's speaking to you and to me. The one who is, who is real and who is powerful, has this name. This name that is so great, that is so high. That, that's why the, the Bible translators use the word Lord, it's because that name is not to be taken lightly on your lips. Because it's the personal name of the creator of the universe. It's his real name. It's who he is for us. And one of the crazy things about this prayer is that the person who is saying, hallowed be the name, honor this name, who's the one saying that? It's Jesus himself, the son of God. That's the one saying, you better honor the name of God this high name, this, this great name. Uh, and, and I want to uh, I want to remind you that Jesus is the one who kind of takes on himself this great name. Uh, one, of the, one of the most loved and famous passages in the New Testament that talks about what Jesus is like is from uh, Philippians 2. It's where, um, it's where Paul talks about how Jesus uh, emptied himself and humbled himself and took the form of a servant and gave his life. And, and, and the end of this passage of Philippians 2, Paul says, Therefore God bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This great and high and mighty name, the, the expression and symbol of who God is and what his heart is towards us, is Jesus. That is the name. That's the name that's the high and mighty name. That's the name of majesty. That's the name of power. That's the name of the one who is with you. That's the name of the one who is for you and who loves you. That's the name of the one who gave his life for you. That's the name of the one who conquered death in his resurrection so that you might have hope and life and light forever. His name is Jesus. That's the name. 
Have you ever stopped to consider how marvelous it is that God gives you his real name? You don't have to speak to a, an idea. You get in the name of Jesus the, the fullness of how high God is. The fullness of how different he is from you. The fullness of how powerful he is. The fullness of the reign of his might. And you also get in the name of Jesus the fullness of how personal he is. Of how intimate he is. Of how close he is. He came here. He walked among us. His spirit is with us now. This is the name. So when you see hallowed be thy name, this is the revelation of the one who is and who is for you, and his name is Jesus. You get to know his name. You get to call him by his real name. And so what's the, what's the sort of like so what of this, okay? I think the so what is that Jesus is inviting you in prayer to, to a place of power. The, the so what is that there is not some barrier between you and the God of the universe. There is not some wall between you. There's not some go-between. You get to talk directly to him. You get to speak the name of God to God with your own words. That's what Jesus is inviting you into. This kind of intimate access to the one who is high and mighty. So that's the first question. What is the name of God? The second question is, how do we honor it? Hallowed be the name. Let your name be honored. Let your name be kept in high regard, in high esteem. How do we honor it? Um, this, is a, this is kind of an interesting prayer, and we're going to see this a lot in the Lord's Prayer, that we're praying for something that is, A, a already true, and B, is a sure thing for the future. The name of God is already hallowed. It is already the name that is above every name. It is already the high name, no matter what you do, okay? And in the fullness of time, it is really going to happen that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. No matter what you do, that is going to happen, okay? So if it's already true and if it's a sure thing for the future, why does Jesus tell us to pray like this, okay? And so I think there's two reasons. The first is that it's, it's a missional prayer, Okay? Here's what I mean by that. It's, a, it's an evangelism prayer. If what it means to know and follow God is to honor his name, this is a prayer that more and more people who don't yet know this name of power and grace would come to know it in the miracle of faith and come into an intimate relationship with the God who saves them in Christ. That's part of what this prayer is. And, and I find this to be surprisingly convicting. Uh, I, I find that if I pay attention, most of my prayers are about me. And um, we get to do that too. We're going we're gonna to come to that. We get to pray for our daily bread. But we have a call here, a, a reminder to pray for our friends and for our family that don't yet know this name. And, and as you're, as you're as you're saying these words, I want to keep reminding you every week that this is not just an idea, an instruction manual. This is Jesus' own prayer, which means that when you say, hallowed be thy name, Jesus is inviting you into the compassion that he has for everyone who is lost and the desire that he has for everyone to know the saving name of God. 
That's the heart of Jesus that's revealed here. The compassion that he has for those who don't yet know him to come to faith. That's the mission of this prayer. It's to call us to pray that everyone might know whose name they should call on. The, the, the second thing here is that it's a necessary prayer. It's a missional prayer. Secondly, it's, an, it's a necessary prayer. Okay, here's what I mean by this. Um, Jesus understands our vanity, and he understands how necessary it is for us to explicitly pray against our temptation to honor our own name. This is the way that uh, Psalm 115 says this kind of prayer. Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Jesus understands our temptation to make our name the high name, the great name. We... um, we give into this temptation in, uh, in all kinds of ways. Um, we, we do this, you ever been sitting around a, a table in D Hall and someone starts to share about how crazy their week is? And then the next person says, oh yeah? Let me tell you about my week. You know, I had, a, I, had a, I had a PCAM test this week, it was crazy. And the next person's like, you know, I had to write a 15 page paper and I did 80 hours of community service and I had a flat tire. And the next person's like, you know, I did 6,000 pages of reading. And then I initiated a rally to raise awareness for social justice for lemurs. And then I started a business and I sold it to Berkshire Hathaway. Like you you just start to like go again, right? Who's busier? Who's accomplished more? Who's more? We even are honoring ourselves for being more stressed out than our friends, which by the way is crazy, okay? There's a, there's a great, uh, there's a stand-up comedian named Brian Regan who has this great skit about, um, about this idea. And he talks about this social fantasy he has where he's one of the 12 men who've walked on the moon. Because if you've walked on the moon, like you can outdo any story that anyone else ever tells. Well, I did this, well, I did this. And he's like, I walked on the moon. Like th- there is in us this desire to make everyone know what we've done, what we've accomplished, what we've endured. What we've won. And, um, and this temptation goes deep. We, we even do it with uh, the kindness in our heart. We do it with acts of service. We do it with things that we might even value. Sometimes you might even be giving a sermon on how not to take glory for yourself but to give it to God, but you want a little bit of recognition for yourself along the way as a hypothetical. And, and I think that this prayer is... Uh, is necessary because we actually have an obsession for getting glory, for getting honor, for getting recognition for ourselves. And, and I want to challenge you to reflect tonight. There's, you know, for each of us, there's probably certain kinds of things that might, might be tempting. The, the places in your life where there's that little bit of your heart that's jumping up and down and waving its arms and saying, look at me. Maybe it's academics. Maybe it's your body or how you look. Maybe it's your leadership position. Maybe it's your internship or your job. Maybe it's uh, your involvement in a Christian organization or how often you read your Bible. I don't know what it might be. But we have these places in our lives that we are using, that we are wielding in in order to get honor for our own names. And this prayer calls us to repentance. 
It calls us to resist and say, no, not to me, not my name. Whose name gets honor? Who's the only name that gets honor? Who's the only name that should be in lights? Jesus and not me. So this prayer is given to us because it is necessary. And, and the beauty of this teaching on prayer, the beauty of the Lord's Prayer, is that you know what you have to do to put this into action? You just have to say this prayer. So the application every week is kind of like, say the Lord's Prayer. That's all you have to do. Because when, we, when, we're, um, when we're praying this, all we're truly trying to do is we're trying to pray this prayer while we pay attention to what God is really like and while we pay attention to what's going on in our hearts. That's all we're really trying to do. We're trying to pay deeper attention to what God is like and to what's really going on in our hearts in the hopes that when we do that, we're actually going to be transformed and drawn further into this secret, into this intimacy, into this connection with God. And that's what happens. When we pay attention to hallowed be thy name, I think we get overwhelmed with good news and I think we get drawn into the heart of Jesus. Because the good news is that there is a God and he has made himself known as the one who is and who is for you. He has a name and his name for you is love. It's Jesus. Jesus is the name of God and he has come for you. And he draws you into his heart, which is compassion for the lost and which is a desire for you not to strive to make your name great, but to experience the rest and the peace that comes by accepting that he's, his name is great and yours is not. You don't have to be great. You don't have to build your name up. You don't have to strive and compare and scurry and judge so that you feel good about yourself in comparison to everyone else. You just get to rest in the greatness of the one who is here and who is for you in his love. We're going we're gonna to close with the Lord's Prayer like we have um, the, the past couple of weeks, which is up, which is up on the screen. And um, one of the things that, I've, that we've talked about before is uh, how we might incorporate something like this into our own devotional life. And one of the things that um, many Christians have done over the years is to say this prayer, but after each, after each line, to just pause and to reflect and to pay attention. And so what we're not going to do that tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to read through the whole thing, and I'm going to leave about 40 seconds of silence. And I want you to be reflecting on, uh, silently, hallowed be thy name, okay? And, and I want you to reflect on three things here, okay? First is that the name that is above all names is the name of Jesus, and he loves you. The second thing I want you to think uh, is um, to ask God to bring to mind the people who don't know this name of love and to pray for them. And the third is to repent of the places where you're trying to make your own name great, okay? So I, we're going to say this together as, as we close, and then I'm going to give you 30 or 40 seconds. And, and we're trying to pay attention to our hearts and to the heart of Jesus. Are you with me? Okay. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, say it with me, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.